0: Yes! Ride! Right. Oh, yes! It's gonna be so great, man. Can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. Let's do this. You ready? Alright, here we go. Oh, it's gonna be so great. I love it. Ride. Right. Yes! It's gonna be so great, man. Let's do this. Yeah! Woo! Ride! Right. Yes! Thriller! 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 Thriller, 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 Thriller! Woo!
1: Yeah! All right! Woo!
0: Amazing was that woohoo! Yes! That was so cool, man. Amazing. I mean, like when we did the turn, I did double loops. I did not expect a double loop. That was so crazy. Oh man, that was amazing. Wow. Man, who doesn't love a great roller coaster, right? Incredible, right? I'll catch up with you guys. Wow, amazing. Do I have any roller coaster enthusiasts in the house? Any roller coaster enthusiasts? I mean, I love a good roller coaster. You know what? Life is full of ups and downs, twists and turns, things we prepare for, things we don't. You never know what's coming next. Life is like a roller coaster. Welcome to Church Unlimited today. Glad you guys are here, excited about this new series. We're having so much fun with it. Pull out your notes if you want to say hello to all of our campuses real quick. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys real quick. We love you guys. Grateful for you as well. Man, I love a good roller coaster. And so can we just give it up for our production team that put this whole thing together, by the way? How crazy is that? Wow. I mean, you know what? Forget you, Joel Osteen. We have a roller coaster on our stage. So glad you guys are here. Thanks for joining us today. You know, I grew up in Houston and uh, I grew up in Houston, actually near Joel, actually not far from him, but uh, and I used to go to this place called Astroworld. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? I was all about that. And it's no longer there, but it used to be there. And so I know you're thinking of the Travis Scott album. No, that's because he grew up in Houston too. But he's referring to a theme park that we used to all go to growing up. It was such a fun place. And I remember when I was a little kid, I would go and I would look at the big roller coaster and be like, oh, that looks so cool. But I'm not going to go on it yet. I was scared. You know, I remember being scared of the big boy roller coasters. I'd ride on little kitty coasters, on the Ferris wheel, on all the little bitty things, but the big ones always scared me. I'll never forget the year. I was probably third, fourth, fifth grade when I got on what I thought was a scary roller coaster, and I rode it. It was called the Excalibur. You guys remember the Excalibur? This is the Astro World, right? And so I rode that, I loved it. I was scared to death when I got on it, but then I loved it and went on over and over and over again. And then the next year, I finally got the guts to get on the Grease Lightning. You guys remember the Grease Lightning? It's when it shoots out, does the big loop, you know, it goes up and then comes all the way back. And ah, oh, I love that one. But I would always, year after year, get up next to the, the big one called the Texas Cyclone. You guys remember this one? This is like old school wooden coaster, huge, rickety, right? But really fast. And every year we'd get up and be like, let's do it. And it was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not ready. And I had a friend that used to come stay with me once a year for a week. He lived in Kerrville, so he'd come down to Houston. So when he did, we'd always go to Astro World. And year after year, we'd get, we'd get in line for the Texas Cyclone, and then we'd chicken out. And the next year we'd get in line again, and then we'd chicken out. Third year in a row now. Now we're like, I don't know, seventh grader, sixth, seventh grade, you know. So we're in line, we're like, man, oh no, man. I want no no man. No man. We got out of line last time. We can't do this, man. We got we gotta actually get on the ride, right? We're like, oh no, man, I'm really scared. And then we saw a little eight-year-old get off the ride. <laughs> okay, we need to do this. You know, this is ridiculous, right? So we get on the Texas cycle, and this is, this is a true story. God is my witness. He's our unseen witness here today. And so I got on this, this ride. Now I'm, I'm, I'm getting in line. We're almost to the, to the end where you actually get on the ride. And we asked someone, where should we go? And the guy said, oh, definitely get in the back seat. We're like, okay. So we didn't know that in an old school roller coaster, they only have wh- like wheel tracks on the top, not on the bottom that holds it in. And so the old school ones don't, so the back, the back chair actually jumps track. So it kind of hops around. I didn't know this. So I get on this ride, back row, me and my friend, first time, Texas Cyclone. We get on this, okay, everyone make sure that you, you, know, that you uh, click your seat belt, right? So we're like, I'm trying, and it's not quite fitting. And so I'm, I'm pulling it, and I'm pulling it, and finally, ah, uh, I get it to click. Like, okay, it's click. And they start going. I want to find out that my friend says, dude, 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 look, 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 look. I had pulled the seatbelt out from the side of the car. This has really happened. I am in the middle of puberty. (laughs) This stunts my growth. I'd be like 6'4 if it wasn't for this. We go on this ride, I'm holding on for dear life. There is no seatbelt holding us at all. I mean, I'm terrified. My hands are like imprinted into the bar. I'm not letting go of this thing, right? We ride the ride, we get off the ride. And what's the first thing we did? We turned to each other, we went, let's do it again. Now they did block off that chair because it was not working, but we rode it again and again and again. You know, life is like that. The very things you're afraid of, when you finally do them, you'll say, why did I wait so many years? Why did I wait so many years to give my life to Christ? Why did I wait so many years dating like the world rather than dating the way God wants me to? Why did I wait so many years not honoring the Lord in my finances? Why did I wait so many years not putting God first in every area of my life? Why did I wait so many years not coming to church? Why did I wait so many years not getting on the ride that Jesus has for me? Pull out your notes if you would. I want to talk to you guys about this today. Today's message is called Thriller because God wants to thrill you with His will. Let's say our mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church unlimited. So the first thing you need to know is based upon Psalms 92:4. It says, You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. God is a thrill ride. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. Wow. You ever notice someone singing to God in church, really getting into it more than you are? You ever notice that? You're kind of like you're singing and you look over and you're like, Whoa, they're like really into it. Right? You ever found yourself watching someone else worship rather than worshiping yourself? Right? You're kind of like, I know none of you want to admit it, but let's just be honest, right? There's always that one really demonstrative person that's like really getting into it. They're kind of jumping around. They got the little hallelujah jig going on. You're like, okay, that's just weird. I'm not going to do that. Right? We're kind of judging a little bit like, okay, what's up with that? Like they're all crying, hands waving. I mean, they're kind of going nuts and maybe we're just not as into it. Could it be that maybe we're not as into it because we're not going through what they're going through? Could it be that they've they've, they've been saved from something or through something? Maybe we haven't been saved from or through, that they're going through something? Let me show you what Isaiah said about, about the thrill ride of God. He said this in Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 2. Now keep in mind, by the way, Israel at this point, the people of God have gone through a big mess. And so they have literally been beaten down over and over again by their enemies and scattered everywhere. And then Isaiah comes along and says, Arise, Jerusalem. Now, Whenever you, you hear the word Jerusalem, Israel, or Zion, or city of God, those, those three terms is referring to the people, okay? So when you see arise Israel or arise Jerusalem, that's saying to you and me to arise. Because, see, when we accepted Christ in our lives, if you haven't done that yet, we'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service to do that. But if you accepted Christ in your life, then you are literally adopted into the family of God. Okay? So it's like Jesus was Jewish. I don't know if you knew that or not. We get adopted into the family of God. So when it says in the Bible Israel or Jew, or, or Jerusalem, it's referring to you and me too. Check out what, what Isaiah says to you and me. He says, "Arise. Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness covers all the nations of the earth, but the but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you." So God's glory is to shine down upon you. God wants you to display the glory of God in all that you do. In other words, worship is not just about singing to God on Sundays. It's not just about coming to church and shouting to God and clapping for God. It's about being in a lifestyle of worship. You worship God by the way you go to work. You worship God by the way you handle people. You worship God by the way you handle your homework assignment students. You worship God by the way you honor your parents. You worship God by the way you honor your boss. You worship God when you forgive someone. Your life is to be a life of worship. Worship is not something you do. It's, it's someone who you are. God wants you and I to be a people of worship. And he says, arise. What's God saying? He says, I'm about to take you higher. What's the first thing a roller coaster does? It goes up, right? Right? It starts going up. Look what it says. It says in Scripture, look and see your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world or will come to you, they will bring you wealth from many lands. God says, hey, you know what, Israel, people of God, you know what, Christians? He says, I'm taking you higher. Someone need to hear this today. Maybe God brought you to church today because the Lord wants you to know I'm about to take you higher. We're about to go somewhere in your life. Isn't that great to know that? Maybe for you, you need to cling to the promise of Isaiah 60 where he says, your sons and your daughters are coming back to me. Maybe you got a child that's not honoring God and God wants you to know that I will draw them back. God is saying, I will bring your kids back to God. I will bring them back into the house of God. He also says, I will bring merchants from afar. I'm going to bless your business. I'm going to bless your investments. God says, I am going to bless you. You are on the uptick. You are going higher is what God is saying in this scripture. That just, that just gets me excited because that means God has big plans for us. God wants to do something big in your life. Someone needs to receive that today. But here's the kicker. Some of you worship doesn't mean much to you because you're like, yeah, I'm not into that. I'm not into singing. I'm not really into shouting. I don't want to raise my hands and all that kind of stuff. That's fine for someone else, but I'm not into that. You know, when, when, a, when a roller coaster goes higher, The first thing it does when it starts up on that big hill is it slowly starts on the hill and it goes, then what? Click. And the big click is the mechanism that carries the coaster up the hill and then gravity takes it over from there. But it actually has to get the click before it goes higher. Could it be that worship doesn't mean that much to you because it hasn't clicked with you yet who Jesus is and what he's done for you? Could it be that you don't fully understand that Jesus is real and that he has saved you and has a destiny and has a purpose and has a plan for your life and he's forgiven you and he's renewed you and when you get that and it clicks in your spirit, then you want to lift your hands to God to and say, I want to worship you because you're so good to me. It clicks. It makes sense suddenly. Would you write this down? Number one, if you want to go higher in worship, it's got to click for you. Do you realize what God has done for you. He's done so much for you. He wants to bless your life. He is a thrill ride. Please check out this video.
2: I'm Jason. This is my wife, Coco, and we attend Church Unlimited Ridefield.
3: We attended Church Unlimited Rodfield the day the doors opened.
2: Church Unlimited Rodfield feels like home just because as soon as we walked in the door, we were greeted, friendly faces, everybody welcomed us in. You know, we go into the sanctuary and worship's going and it's so full of energy. It's like this church is alive.
3: So I I think we found a church we're going to go to, and it's literally down the street. And we've been attending Church Unlimited Rodfield for four years now. After we became official members of the church, I started serving. Again, Jason was still in the transition period of working on the rigs and and me being home full-time or living in Corpus full-time. So started serving and did many different things trying to figure out what my favorite uh, serving was. And then Jason started serving, and now he's an usher.
2: I started ushering. I was, I was kind of, where do you need me? And... You know, we were expanding the services, and they're like, we need more ushers. And I was like, okay. And it was really, really cool because that's kind of helped me come out of my shell. And so now I'm, I'm there, and I enjoy it. And people, if I'm not there for some reason, where's Jason? You know, so you become connected with it.
3: The most that I've learned about serving is that you get to give so much of yourself. Even if you wake up that morning thinking, I just don't have it in me is that when those doors start to open and all those floods of people start to come in, you're there and you're a part of making that church run. If you're feeling empty and you're like, what should I be doing next? Just give of yourself and of your time.
0: You know, Jason and Coco figured it out that if they begin to plug into the church, then they're not just coming to worship services. They're making it happen, and they're living a life of worship. And so they are really fully committed to the cause of Christ and to what that means in a local expression of the body of Christ or the church. And so if you got your bulletins on the left-hand side of your bulletin, if you open it up real quick, it says get in on the you. We call it the you, but really this is how to live an unlimited life. And so we believe that God wants you to really be the church unlimited. And so that involves in, in five things. You attend and you serve are the first two. They just cover those first two. To, to you attend and you serve me. I, I make church a regular thing for me. And then I begin to get involved in church, not just coming to service and leaving, but actually get involved and begin to make an impact. And so they've really begun a lifestyle of worship where they're honoring God, Jason and Coco both. And Coco is, by the way, Coco on the radio, in case you're wondering, that's her. And so it's really cool that they have both committed themselves to Christ fully, and they understand that they have a role to play. So do you, you also have a role to play. Now, you probably noticed on this ride, you're probably like, you know, Pastor, I mean, the truth is, is that's kind of a kiddie ride. I mean, let's be honest, I mean, it's not, there's no big dips or, you know, thrills on this. I mean, you know, and I will tell you, you're on to me, it's true. You know, we actually looked into putting like a full blown roller coaster with huge dips and curves and twists and even a loop-de-loop and all that kind of stuff. But the engineers told us when we began to do the research on this months ago, because this has been a multiple-month thing to get ready, by the way, really proud of our production team. Can we give it up for our production team real quick? This is pretty amazing. Think about it. So when we began to prepare this, engineers told us, well, what you're talking about is the difference between a kiddie coaster and what's called a gravity coaster. A gravity coaster is one that they they take you higher, but then gravity takes over and carries you through the ride. We said, well, can we put a gravity coaster on our stage? They said, no, you cannot. Why not? It's illegal. You know why? Because it's not bolted down. The only way you can do a real gravity coaster is you have to have it bolted down and have a solid foundation for it. And so in the same way, if you you go right now to Six Flags or Disney World or any theme park, Busch Gardens, you pick the one that you like, wherever it happens to be, whatever state you're in, if you go to the theme park and you look up at this huge coaster, look down at the floor of it and you'll find it has a big foundation, way bigger than a house, way bigger than most buildings. And and the faster it goes, the bigger the foundation. The higher it goes, the deeper the foundation. In the same way, could it be that you and I are asking God to do big things in our lives, to speed us up and to take us on the thrill ride of our life, but yet we don't really have a foundation for it? See, you have to have the foundation. Look at the scripture on this, by the way. It says, Your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever. That means that God's saying, I have a future for you and you're going to own that future. You're going to own that position. You're going to get the corner office. You're going to get the family you want, the relationship you want. I have a promised land for you. But then he says this, For I will plant them there with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. So the very first thing he says, hey, I want to give you all this for I got to plant you first. I got to plant you. Look what it says in Psalms 92, verse 13. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Have you ever seen roller coaster tragedies? A lot of times they're at carnivals where you've got really big roller coasters that do not have a proper foundation, they weren't bolted well, and people get hurt. You can die like that. You can get seriously injured like that. There's been some horrible tragedies because they wanted to go on the big ride, but they wanted to do it without checking the foundation. Let me ask you something. Are you want to go higher in your life, yeah. further, faster? Do you have a foundation for it? Are you planted in God's house? You know, oh God, please do great things in my life. And God's saying, I'd love to do that. Can you show up more than every once in a while at church? Oh God, please bless my finances. The Lord's like, I'd be glad to do that. Can you quit disobeying on what you already have and become obedient with what you already have so I can bless you with more? Oh God, please bless me with a great godly relationship. God says, I'd love to do that. Can you keep your hands yourself on your next date? Can you keep your pants up? Can you not meet someone at a bar or, or a club so I can actually bless this thing? But the truth is we keep doing it the world's way and we want God's blessing on it. Oh God, bless my children. I don't know why my kids get in trouble. So you send them out to public school, but you don't make them go to youth group. Where's their foundation? You don't have them go to the children's church and then you put a phone in their hand with access to anything? And you expect them to handle that without a foundation. You expect your marriage to, to be able to roll through the dips that we all go through, and you don't have a foundation? No wonder things are coming apart. Guys, we need to get a foundation, a foundation of a time with God and His Word on a daily time, a prayer time, get, being surrendered to the Spirit, going to church, being plugged in, serving, forgiving others, moving forward in their life. If we're gonna have that kind of foundation, look, the bottom line is this, everybody wants the big boy coaster, but the truth is, if you don't have a foundation, then the truth is, if you're not doing those simple things I just talked about, then you're still on the kiddie ride. You haven't graduated to the big boy coaster yet. It's time to get off the kiddie ride and graduate to the Big Boy Coaster. But everyone knows when you first walk up to the Big Boy Coaster, you've got to meet the minimum height requirements. Let me ask you something. Are you mature enough before you ask God for the big ride? Okay, God, I'm going to honor you with my life. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to be faithful to church. I'm going to begin to tithe because I want you to bless you financially, Lord. I'm going to begin to honor you and my personal habits and my moral choices. I'm going to begin to live life differently because I need the foundation of who Jesus is and what he says about me and how I can live with him before I can expect to go higher and faster. God wants to do all those things in your life and more. But you've got to have a rock solid foundation if you want to go higher and you want to go faster. If you want God to bless you, you need the foundation. This is what God says about that. 1 Corinthians 2:9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. He wants to thrill you with his blessings. But you got to have a foundation. I want to challenge you to be faithful to God. Be faithful in this house. Be faithful in your finances. Be faithful in your personal time with God. Be faithful in your family. Honor God in foundational ways and God can bless that. Otherwise, don't expect the blessings of God if you keep blowing off the basics. You can't do that. you got to be willing to do the basics. Some of you right now are experiencing a dip. Dips are fun on roller coasters. In life, not so fun. Maybe you're going through a big dip right now. You ever been on a dip that's so big on a roller coaster that it feels like the whole coast was just facing straight down? Or well, all of a sudden it turns and you're like, ah! right? You feel like you're just going straight down. It's like a free fall. Well, that can be fun on a roller coaster, but it's a disaster in marriage. It's a disaster in your faith. You feel like you're just on a free fall. You feel like your finances are just on a free fall. Your career is just on a, on a free fall. It's a very scary place to be when you're in the middle of a dip. The key to a dip is just to hold on and know that you're going to get through it. Here's the good news about the dip you're in. It doesn't last that long. The good news about your darkest day is it's still only 24 hours. I've got great news for your day. Maybe, maybe you're in a big dip right now. I believe God brought me here to tell you this today. You're going to get through this, and you're going to rise higher. You're going to go through it, and you're going to rise higher. I want to challenge you to hang in there and be faithful. And this is really important, by the way. You notice that a roller coaster, when they have the big dip, they never have the exit at the big dip. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. Can you imagine if they stopped it at the dip? Here you are going 60 miles an hour straight down. Okay, you can get off. I mean, people would get hurt. This would be so dangerous. They would never do that. They would never have you stop in the middle of the dip. They would never let that be the exit. You don't do that. Are some of you trying to make a decision to exit in the middle of your dip? And you don't think you're going to get hurt or hurt others? Well, you know, my marriage, we're going through a lot of stuff right now. So I'm trying to decide. No, 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 no. You decided to be in your marriage the day you said I commit to you for life. That's when you made a decision. Now you just hold on. You don't make a decision in your dip. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll do the wrong thing. Number three, never make a decision during your dip. It's through the dips that God gives you his momentum, by the way, to take the turns. Notice after always after the big dip is when you take the turns. Did you ever notice that? Why? Because the good news about a dip is it gives you momentum to turn. You know what I like about dips? When you go through a dip in your life, it gives you momentum to turn your life to Christ. It helps you make the turn. The truth is most of us don't like dips, though. It says in Psalms, one, uh, Psalms 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. And look at 2 Corinthians 1.4. This this may be a verse that you need to cling to today if you're in the middle of of a big dip. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. I believe God is saying to you, not only am I gonna make you stronger, I'm gonna help you get through this and one day you'll help other people with what you're dealing with today. How great would that be? God's saying not only are you gonna get over that addiction, you're gonna get off of that drug and one day you'll help others get off of drugs. You're not only gonna get your marriage turned around, one day you'll help other couples get their marriage turned around. You're not only gonna come through that depression, one day you'll help other people overcome their depression. Somebody needs to receive this right now in their spirit and say, God, thank you, I'm gonna get through this. I'm not stuck. I can overcome this through the power of Christ. Number three, never make your decision during a dip. God will help you overcome. Stay faithful to him. Sometimes those dips are stomach turning. You're just like, oh man, this is just so difficult. Just hang in there. And by the way, the people that are the true roller coaster enthusiasts, you know what they do during a dip? They do what you and I should do. They lift their hands. You got to learn to lift your hands in your dip and say, God, I trust you. Someone needs to get excited here. Come on, you're better than that. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Come on. You got to get your hands lifted during your dip. Look at what the scripture says. It says, I lift my hands to you in prayer. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me, for I am trusting you. And it says this, show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Wow. Lift your hands high in the middle of your dip. Do we trust God in the middle of our dip? Do we trust God in the middle of our heartache, of our pain, of our difficulty? What are you dealing with? Time to get your hands up and trust the Lord in the middle of your dip. Would you stand your feet real quick? Would you just do that across all of our campuses? Stand your feet right now. When I was a little kid, I'd be in line on the big coaster, right, and I was scared. And every time I'd get all the way up to the coaster, they would say, if you're scared, instead of turning around trying to fight all the crowd all the way back out, they would say, just go ahead and step on through. Remember that? they say, just step on through. Some of you have been coming to church here for weeks, months, maybe even years. And every time we get all the way up to the point of decision, you keep stepping on through it's time to quit stepping through this moment and get on the ride and actually give your life to Christ. So right now, all of our campuses, if you're ready to quit stepping through, you come forward to the altar right now and you give your life to Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to come forward if you're ready to give your life to Jesus. One, because He loves you. Two, because He died for you. And three, because He has purpose for you. You come down, one, two, three, you come forward right now across this campus, across all of our campuses, and you give your life to Jesus. Give these people a hand right now, coming forward right now all across our campuses. People are coming forward saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. I need Him. I want to get on this ride. I'm not going to let this moment pass me by. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. There's some couples right now that are thinking about exiting it's time to not do that. It's time to reach over, hold their hand, and drag them to the altar and say, no, baby, let's recommit our marriage to Christ. Let's recommit our relationship. We're not going to give up on this. We're going to hang tight in the tough moments. We're going to ride this one through. Some of you have given your life to Jesus, and you've made Him your Savior, but you haven't made Him your Lord. There's areas of your life you haven't surrendered to Him. Isn't it time to quit surrendering to that addiction and start surrendering to Jesus? quit surrendering to that lifestyle and start surrendering to Jesus. Some of you need to come forward and say, okay, God, I'm all in, I'm all in. I'm all in. You You don't ride a roller coaster halfway. You get on or you don't. Will you go all in? Number five, quit stepping through. Give your life to Jesus. In this moment, we're gonna just worship across all of our campuses, get your hands high. God, thank you that through my dip, I can trust you. You know, when I let go of the bar and I lift my hands high, I'm saying I trust that the manufacturer, that the creator of this ride has got me. He's got me. Might as well enjoy the ride. Might as well trust it. Do you trust the Lord? He's got you. Worship him now. Let's just sing. Would you worship him, church? Would you give him your all?
1: Will oh, come to come
0: on with your heart
1: the answer the fathers on <laughs> some Yeah. Isn't God good? The altar, Mm -hmm. the Father's arms are open wide. He loves you. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ.
0: With your head bowed and your eyes closed during this prayer time, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you can pray this prayer with me right now. We're going to pray it aloud together. You can say, Dear Jesus. I realize I need you. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for my sin and you rose again. I believe that. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord and my savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray, amen. Isn't God good? Wow. His word is so true.